0: welcome with absolutely no rehearsed applause or mentioning of a video game bar. It's John Hastings, everybody. Oh, hello. It's like we've never seen each other before. Uh, Welcome everyone to anything can be a podcast podcast recorded on a day where I am very nervous because tonight I am professional wrestling for the first time. Um, I, do you guys know the show here called The Wrestling? Sir, thank you for your, your head shake and discerning fatherly disapproval look. <laughs> Good God, that man's going to die. Um so there's a show here every two years and it's called The Wrestling and comedians train and wrestle with actual wrestlers. And I grew up loving wrestling. I watch wrestling to this day, much to the chagrin and confusion of my girlfriend who wants to know why I care that Brock Lesnar might go back to the UFC. Listen, we all have our things that we're into. You Sir Duncan, you're a video game guy, yes? Yes. Exactly. So you care about it, you read about it. You're upset about the, the movie with Michael Fassbender about Assassin's Creed, yes? Um, sure. Exactly, very good. <laughs> Beautiful man who works in the video game retail industry in that you have that similar vibe to the comic book guy in The Simpsons where like you're into what you're into but no one else can talk about it.
1: <laughs> you're
0: welcome to talk about it, but we do it? I can go into more detail. But... But fucking yeah, go into more detail. <laughs> have you ever heard of esports? No. Whoa, 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 there's competitive video game playing like it's the Super Bowl of Mario Kart
1: 64? Don't <laughs> Mario Kart yet.
0: Yeah, Get the fuck out of here. Who's the world champion of whatever video game? What's what are you the video game champion of? Me? Yeah. Uh, That's why I run the bar instead of being rich. <laughs> Wait a minute, they're rich? Shut the fuck up! I thank you, all, the rest of you, for being shocked because I was like, maybe I just haven't known about this. Ten million? How many people are on the team? Five. So they each won two million dollars. Yep. Good math. That was right. <laughs> I don't like that I had to double check in my head, and I didn't like your tone, sir, because that really made me j- like. Was I wrong? Is it three? Fuck. Um, ten million dollars? In cash? Uh, probably
1: some kind of bank transfer, I guess. <laughs> Thank, you.
0: Thank you, my man. And what was the video game that they won in? Uh,
1: it's called
0: Dota 2. I don't even know. What, what's the premise? Um, Listen, it may not be the most funny show you've ever seen, but you're walking out of here knowing that someone made two million American dollars or quids? American. Okay, so. Well, not anymore, Eight, 18 months ago, absolutely. Now, that's the currency you want, don't you? As a Canadian, I can say that. I've been here for five years, and then Brexit made my money go from so much more valuable to almost equal to the Canadian, and I don't appreciate that at all. I loved going back to Canada with pounds. I felt like the Monopoly man. <laughs> um, and, what, and what is the premise of that video game, Duncan? Uh, it's kind of tricky to explain. Of course it is. <laughs> Is it racing, first-person shooter, puzzle? Uh,
1: It's a game called a MOBA. Have you ever heard of League of Legends?
0: I'm sorry. Thank you, madam. My siblings love that. They play it all the time. I know nothing about it, though. How much money are they making off of it?
1: Nothing yet, but in the future.
0: Are you going to get them into, like...
1: I'm the eldest sister, so they'll have to take care of me in the future.
0: Fuck yeah. (laughs) You're going to get them doing thumb exercises, reading one of those books. That's so... It's an amazing world that if you are good at whatever you really are passionate about, if you get good enough at it, evidently you can be a millionaire. Yes? Yep. Or you can own a bar. you own a business. You pay taxes on a bar where millionaires come to <laughs> compete. I like how you're putting yourself down. Build yourself up, brother. I'm trying to make you seem like the bar from Star Wars. You know what I mean? There's, there's a one-armed guy, a guy in a cloak. There's lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Very, you're, I love you. Do you love me? Sure. Thank you, Duncan. And Duncan, are you here with anyone or are you by yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm here with my girlfriend, Cordelia. Cordelia? Yeah. Get out of here, Duncan and Cordelia? <laughs> Have you guys read King Lear? Because if you live your life based on those characters, it's going to end badly during a storm. Thank you, three people who have read that play and are remembering who those characters are. One of you dies of poison, and I think, Duncan, you get your eyes ripped out. I'm concerned about Macbeth. But no, but it worked. Oh, no, it does not work. So yeah, There's no Cordelia in Macbeth, so you don't really need to... Work. You certainly do. Listen, it's Shakespeare. It doesn't really work out well for anyone. Even in the comedies, it gets fucking weird. There's a bear on stage. People are, you know, in trees. The Tempest just doesn't make any sense sense and seems like it's an acid... I'm a theater major. I graduated with a specialization in theatrical direction, which is why I do this. And... (laughs) And a lot of that is you have to really learn the minutiae and everything about Shakespeare. For example, uh, Shakespeare is written technically in a different language. It's a base of English, but it's written metaphorically. Not funny, but fuck it. Let's go down this jag. Um, So basically, you guys are all familiar somewhat with Shakespeare, yes? Yes. Now, the reason why it's long-winded and needlessly descriptive, and why this is not taught in schools drives me at the fucking wall. It is because it was performed to people who may never have seen a horse or a castle, or any of the things being described by Shakespeare, so we had to describe it all in a language they would understand, hence be it metaphorical as opposed to how we speak, which is grammatical. So if you took the idea of you're ordering chips, the way we order chips is give me some chips, I'm taking them away. That's what you say. In Shakespearean time, you'd walk in and be like, "I would," because the person may never have seen chips before. I don't know why he's working at a chip shop. <laughs> they were very bad at employment back in Shakespearean days. I don't know if you knew this, but I, it's a lot of learning. And you'd walk in and you'd go, give me some husks of potato the size of a, of a man's fat finger. And they would be yellow like the sun at midday. And I want them to be the bitter, like the tears from your eyes. Because it's got salt in it, huh? Very good. And, yeah, I want you to put that bitterness on these fingers of a of, of man that I will then consume in my own home, and I will dip them in a mixture of, of egg. and I can't remember what else is in mayonnaise, but <laughs> the other ingredients to that, and the guy behind the stand be like, "You understand, I don't know what mayonnaise is. I don't even know what chips are, and yet I own this chippy." And be like, ah, even still, but that's why it's done that way. Uh, favorite Shakespearean play, Duncan.: A fellow. It's a deep pull. You've only read two? (laughs) What was the other? I really hope the other one was A Winter's Tale. Okay, right. The reason why I said A Winter's Tale would be funny is it's considered Shakespeare's weirdest play. It was his last play, and for no reason there was a bear that exits the stage but never enters, and they think it was a prank done by Ben Johnson because where Shakespeare's theater was was, it was next to a bear-baiting pit, and there was always a concern. Bear-baiting, for those who don't know, very fun activity. They put a bear in a pit, and then it fought other things. So when everyone gets upset about, all oh, the UFC, we still have human cockfighting. That's true, but we aren't paying hundreds of pounds to watch a bear in a hole fight whatever the guy could find that day. A man, a child. There's recordings of a bear fighting a bunch of roosters, which quite frankly I know I shouldn't want to see as a moral man, but I really want to fucking see that. (laughs) Just for no other reason to see, I would just really like if the bear just really befriended the roosters. Because if the bear at any time realized... I don't need to fight these people. If I just climb up this wooden wall that was probably built in 10 minutes by a drunk guy, I could rule this town. And that's what would happen is the bear would eventually figure out, I'll just walk through this wall. I am a bear after all. And then it would walk into the theater and they think during the first performance of A Winter's Tale, a bear wandered into the theater and walked across the stage, which is why they then jokingly put, a bear exits stage left. Ha ha ha! But without historical context, literally tomes of academic research has been written about this. Over whether or not the bear actually existed, did Shakespeare have dementia? Was Shakespeare even real, or was he Queen Elizabeth the And this was a secret allegory for the slow roll of various religious persecution that was going throughout the country. That one's bullshit. She was dead <laughs> by the time that play was written. It was a very fun lecture I went to, and I went with a friend of mine, my friend Paul, who's now a uh, English PhD. And he stood up and tried to crush this academic with his words. And they got into an argument so heavy, a security guard, he didn't come up to us, but he gave us one of those condescending, like, look in the eyes, and then the lowering of the hands as if to say, Take it down. <laughs> so I'm wrestling tonight. And I, oh, we thought we were done with that. We are not done with that. I'm wrestling tonight, and I've gone from totally calm about it, we've been training a lot, to this morning, I am fucking petrified and afraid that I'm going to, like, literally break my spine in front of a thousand people, but because I'm a showman, I'll just try and win the match using my eyelids, and it's, it's, it's intense, and it's, it's scary, sir, what is your name? Will. Will? Yes. And Will, what is your passion in life? Like, so not passion, I, that's incorrect. The thing you do when no one else is around, the thing you check on the internet that's kind of a little weird. <laughs> right, I'm a You're a writer. So what do you check on the internet? Something like you check Stephen King's Twitter account, see what he's up to? your finally writes, <laughs> for? No, don't talking about Oh, Will, who do you write for? Am I being reviewed? <laughs> You write for a YouTube channel? There's nothing fucking wrong with that. That's the studio system of the now, madam. And who are you to will condescendingly speaking to him that way? The offspring. The offspring? I kind of figured based on the tone of tell him who you write for, dad. (laughs) And you write for a YouTube channel? There's nothing wrong with writing for a YouTube channel. I get a lot of my news off of YouTube channels by news I mean sometimes when I'm angry I watch infowars.com and then use Google to contradict the things they say and then I talk about it to my girlfriend and she wants me to stop (laughs) what's the YouTube channel you write for (laughs) if it's infowars.com I'm going to shit my pants (laughs) you guys are all familiar with infowars.com no no for those of you not so there's a man named Alex Jones who literally looks like what an English person would describe as an American if they wanted to be condescending. He's just a fat man who yells about nonsense. He literally has claimed that they're putting chemicals in the water to turn frogs gay that they're then going to use on human beings to chemically castrate us all to then open up a vortex so psychic vampires can come and take the souls of our children. This is a man who endorsed and helped getting Donald Trump elected. And if he hadn't won, it would be funny. But at this point, it's like, oh, shit, this is real. This is a man who doesn't believe the moon landing took place. His reason, by uh, the way, is I've seen the photographs. They don't look like they were on the moon to me. You've never been to the moon, Alex. fucking infuriate because here's the thing is I don't consider myself a smart person but I don't consider myself a stupid person I'm curious and I don't like that in society for some reason we've gotten to this place where we listen to stupid people as if they were smart people and it's like no there are smart people that you listen to like you sir have the demeanor of a smart person I don't I don't you're a good actor well (laughs) you're fucking pulling it off I wish someone like you was the prime minister of this island my man because even if you're not good at lying you seem like you would say a lie with passion Yeah, very good. May I say, by the way, you have the uniform of a British man on holiday. (laughs) Just collared shirt, but open down to one button so you're letting it know it's hang loose. Shorts, just go to the bottom of the thigh. Hiking boots, just in case some rambling could occur at any time. It's not planned, you don't know, but at any moment, someone could say, there's a trail, and then you'd just be up it. (laughs) Oh, it's fucking, what is your name, my man? Jeff. Fuck yeah, Jeff. I've got my socks on. So Fucking. I should have sandals,
1: really, shouldn't
0: I? No, 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 Jeff, that's incorrect. That's a North American tourist. That's where you oh, veer right, off. Yeah, yeah. British people, it's, you can always tell, it's the hiking boot. And, and what the best is, is when you see someone dressed like you in a city center, because I'm like, where the fuck? Is he just gonna run some stairs? Like, <laughs> and I assume you're on holiday and this is your family. Fuck yeah. And I could Did you see how much they reacted? Because they saw you modeling this in the mirror this morning in the hotel as if you'd be like, ah, work is done. Play Jeff is in town. My, uh, wife, daughter, shall we avail ourselves to a breakfast buffet where I will have two plates and mention the savings? Yeah, I know it is brother you are my my dad is coming at the end of the week or the end of the month he will be dressed he's canadian he'll be dressed exactly the same only difference sandals and he will be literally marching around john the breakfast buffet yes seven quid but i had three plates so lunch assorted like did he say something along those lines yes he fucking did it's the fucking best i can't wait to become you jeff so i can make people and embarrass them with just my like listen I'm north of 40, do I give a fuck? The answer is, not at all. Right? Goddamn right. Where are you from, Jeff? Uh, from, where are from? Near Chorley. Near Chorley. Near <laughs> Chorley. <laughs> First holiday in a while? Just been shackled to a desk doing admin, your wife finally comes in, unlocks it, Jeff, we're going to the festival, put on the shorts. Um, that's very good. And what, near Chorley? Where is Charlie? I know I've been. There. Listen. It's not far Manchester. Thank you very much. Listen, as a comedian living in the UK, I've literally been to every town. But at a certain point, they just become the big towns, which means you can see the cinema from the train station. And then there's the little towns, which means there's a high street with a boots and a Costa and then a -a Pret-a-Manger that's slightly off the beaten track. And how you find it is you go to Costa first to get a coffee, then you see the Pret and regret your life because (laughs) Pret has slightly better coffee for much cheaper. It's both not great, but listen, you can't always be going to like, welcome to Arctic forest. Our coffee was made by a man who's now dead. Like that's, I don't have the time. Uh, So Will, what is the YouTube channel (coughs) you write? Yeah, we are back. Don't think we're going to go that. We'll talk about Chorley, a little bit more pro wrestling, then we'll start the show, and then we'll finish. It's called Seven Supergirls. Seven Supergirls? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is, Will. <laughs> and I assume it's a web series, and it's about seven... It's a daily
1: channel, the, um, there are seven girls on this channel, American, mostly teenagers. They each uh, have a day. And they put on skits and uh, do little videos, one, one a
0: week. That sounds very cool, actually. And yet your daughter hates it. <laughs> I don't hate it. I've just seen their acting. Oh, shit. They're actors. they
1: just...
0: Like, they're just literally... Is this legal? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. You mean both. This is being recorded, and we have your first name. So, seven Supergirls, and there's... Uh, and and what other writing have you done? Are you a novelist, a script? You've done plays, yes. playwright. Here's the thing with playwriting, and I say this as someone with a theater degree: is every fucker in show business thinks they can write plays? And as someone who is way too nice, when a friend of mine says I have a play, so I've read some of them. It is so much harder to write a play than you could imagine. And here's how you know it's a first-time playwright. For some reason, it's always a crime play. Like, you See, look look at Will's face right there. Do you see that? It's always, it's always, and this is how you can always tell. Comedians come up here always, like every, like every year, one comic's like, I got to play. Here's what it is. It's pulp fiction, but none of the good dialogue, and we can't get any of those actors. So it's pulp fiction, but it's set in Manchester, and there's a man in from Chorley. And it's, and it's played by Lee, Lee Evans, is, uh, is a lamppost, and, uh, and Jenny Eclair is the woman that's dead. Like, it's always just weird. What's, uh, who's your favorite playwright? Mine, Odin Van Horvat. Uh, he died uh, right in the ramp-up of World War II. He was in Paris, and a tree got hit by lightning, and it fell on his head. Not funny, but that's just the way he died. Which is right before World War II. It's so a way to go. Favorite playwright, Will. I don't know who that is.
1: Pillow man. Pillow man? Yeah,
0: I gotta say, I was not expecting you to have, ah, the pillow man. Ah, how's your June? That's fucking brilliant. I, um, And have you acted as well, or you only just were the playwright? I just have a relationship as a theater actor to playwrights, which is a guy who comes in in a long mac, smelling of cigarettes, and kind of looks at us like we just killed their baby, and then leaves, and then is very drunk at the opening night party. How correct am I? I do act as well, so I get on. Ah, see, so you're you're on the other side. And do you act as well? Will's daughter, whose name I haven't gotten, that I'm going to guess is Olivia. No. Pardon me? I knew someone was named Olivia. <laughs> this is why I've been called Darren Brown, but shit by many a publication. Are you really? Yeah. Where in Canada are you from? Yeah. I was born yeah, I'm in Tor- from I'm actually from Ottawa, but yeah. I say Toronto. Because none of these fucks know anything else. Some of them are thinking, is Toronto near Vancouver? It's not. Um, so you're from Ajax. Yeah. Weird. Ajax is very strange. Did you ever go to the Yuck Yucks in Ajax? Yeah. Okay, I used to work there a lot as a comedian. And the owner of the Yuck Ajax is a man named Steve, who is the craziest Lebanese man I've ever met in my entire life. He doesn't like shoes, so he works barefoot in a restaurant. And if you sit in a seat that he hasn't told you to sit in, he will tell you to move. And I'm not saying like before the show starts. I mean, I've been on stage and a man barefoot, but still wearing a suit, walks up and goes, you motherfucker, I told you to sit in the front row. You're three rows back. Get up and move. And then they're like, we're not going to who are you? And he was like, I own place. I kick you out, or you move to the third row. And I'll never forget it. This, this woman was just like, I'm not going to move. And he went, that's it. You're out. And then he was like, get out. And she went, no. And he went, I have no power here. And then he just left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the best. He w- So I, I went to university in Montreal, and he, he moved from I don't know where in Lebanon he's somebody he moved to moved Le- from Lebanon to Montreal. And uh, for some reason, he's one of those people that's an active storyteller. I like to sit and tell stories. He's active, he gets into it. And he brings me into his office, he goes, let me tell you about working in Montreal. There was a chef there, and he was touched my shoulder! I don't like it when people touch my shoulder, John! There was a show happening right behind the thinnest piece of drywall, and this lunatic, no, barefoot, I always, he's just barefoot, but his feet would be on like a table like this, just wedged in as he's telling a story. Just hitting you on the... You never touch a man's shoulder like this. Do you like it, John? Like, no, Steve, I don't. You are very strong. And... And he went, So I'm working in a kitchen. You ever work in a kitchen, John? And I went, "Uh, Yes. It's shit. You have to touch the food and you see people eating. they never close their mouths. You gotta close your mouth when you eat it, John. And I was like, I got it, Steve. Thank you. Could you? There's a man on stage performing his dreams. I don't carry shit. And he goes, So I'm working and this is his desk. And for no reason to tell the story, he just cleared papers off of his desk because if you're a mime you have to have you have to prepare the space and he cleared desk off he goes this is the stove and I'm cooking and I'm cooking and I'm cooking and he comes over and he touches my shoulder and I don't like that and he comes again and I don't like that and then this goes on for months months he's touching my shoulder I feel like I'm getting a bruise maybe cancer and I was like I don't I'm Like, does he think I'm a doctor like what is going on and he goes and then one day he touched my shoulder and I take his hand and I put it on the grill and I go how do you like that how do you like that huh and then he fired me and I don't like him <laughs> he, uh, I, I, so I'm from Ottawa, and I was at a comedy club in Ottawa this New Year's Eve, and Steve, still in business, still owns a comedy club, for some reason not at his comedy club. The biggest night of the year for any comedy club is New Year's Eve, because everyone forgets to make plans, so they go, you know what, we'll go to the comedy club, it'll always sell out, the comics make a lot of money, it's very fun. For some reason, Steve was not there. His reason that he explained was, my wife, she has a father who lives here and she hasn't seen him in years. So she said, I want to see him. And I said, I don't want to see him. I go on New Year's Eve. That way I kiss someone. And I was like, what? I don't even know what that means. And he walks in. Now, I've lived in the UK for five years. I've lived here for five years. Steve knows this because the last gig I did in Canada was at his club. He got me a cake he kissed me on both cheeks, and he went, it's gonna be great. You go to England, where all the white people are, and it'll be fun, and I was like, oh, okay, Steve. <laughs> He's since forgotten this, so he walks into the club on New Year's Eve. I'm on stage. He walks up. This is a man who owns a comedy club. He owns it. He knows the rules, such as no heckling. When does he ask me why I haven't played his club in five years? Is it when I'm in the green room, or perhaps on the at the back watching the show, and he comes over and whispers, no, I'm on stage, getting the show ready, and then a man that no one in the club knows, who to them just inexplicably knows my name, walks up to the stage and goes, John, I'm not good enough for you anymore? You don't come to the cu- What, you got something against Ajax? It's nice, we got Baptist church now! And then he just walks out of the club. <laughs> I'm playing it again in uh, January, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And do you live here or are you visiting? I live here now. Edinburgh or England? Uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, so also Scotland. <laughs> are you from Aberdeen as well? Do you live in Aberdeen? Yeah. Born, oh. and bred. Born and bred. I once was in Aberdeen and I saw two uh, drag queens fight over a piece of fish and chips.
1: <laughs> was that you? <laughs>
0: I've I've literally I've lived with that story my entire life and I've never wanted to m- know more information about a situation. Literally, I was just walking to my hotel and it was just two drag queens beating the fuck out of each other and a man stood in a chippy going, "I'll make more. Just one of you take this and I'll make more." And I was like, "Is they fighting over fish and chips?" <laughs> And it was, it's the only time I've ever seen a fight not... Like, no one broke it up because we were more just like, I've never seen drag queens fight before. But that is the kind of town Aberdeen is, yeah? It's a bit Wild West. It is a bit Wild West. It's something about... I have a weird theory, which is you don't want a town to have a train station that kind of goes into, like, a weird pit. It's a weird theory, right? But that just... It's a bit more full-on. Lancaster, always see fights on the street. Pit train station. Edinburgh, pit train station. How many fights have you seen? Really? What is your name? I'm sorry, I haven't caught your name. Phoebe? Phoebe? Yeah. I'm sort of close with Olivia, but Phoebe, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for going with it. May I say, Phoebe, I feel like you're a blogger that's just come in real life to attack me. <laughs> yes, do, you do. A, do you have a blog? I do. I fucking knew it. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I
1: can't remember now. like Satan's Opinions.
0: <clears throat> what a good name for a blog. <laughs> I think that's what the internet is now. <laughs> and what do you blog about? Uh, mostly books. Mostly books. my opinions. On books? Yeah, and just life, just in general. Very good. And are you following in your father's footsteps of being a writer? Mm, not yet, probably. I don't know, probably not. Just do it. Writing's fun. Everyone respects you, even though you don't really need to prove that you actually do it.
1: <laughs>
0: <coughs> Very good. <laughs> And, uh, and so you blog about books? What's your favorite book? Um, I don't really
1: have a favorite book. I have a favorite
0: series. Well played. <laughs> is it The Songs of Fire and Ice? No, I've never read it or seen Game of Thrones. You've never seen Game of Thrones? I've part
1: of the first episode when I was meant to be rehearsing for my performing arts um, assessment.
0: But I <laughs> got, so your fun. poor father is looking at you like, I was fucking paying for that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just didn't do it? You didn't dig it? Oh, I don't, no. Yeah, the only reason I like it is it, as a North American, Game of Thrones just looks like what England should look like to me. I know that sounds like a very condescending comment, but I do just imagine it as like a gold city with a bunch of pretty people cutting each other's heads off, and occasionally Peter Dinklage shows up and it's just <laughs> utterly delightful. Um, and so, you, how long have you lived in Aberdeen? What are you doing in Aberdeen? You could have stayed in Toronto where the drag queens don't fight, they just dance. <laughs> I assume you guys are in a relationship, and just not really good <laughs> friends. Like, oh, yeah, you're so fetching. I'll stay here forever. <laughs> I'm sorry for. I'm just trying to find the, the title jar so we can actually start the show. And so you've been here three years. Um, I went back to finish my degree. So What's your degree in? Medicine. Uh, I don't know what that is. Like a are you a doctor? No. Nope. Good. <laughs> and your name is? Olivia. Of course I remember that. And your name, sir? Louis. Louis and Olivia. Good couple name. L-O, huh? Imagine if you were celebrities. Now, Louis, I want you to draw a piece of paper from there. Okay. And Phoebe, I want you to tell Louis in what manner he is to read out the title of today's episode. Any way you want. Uh, In a bad French accent. In a bad French accent. Now, how bad are we talking? Really bad. Really bad. (laughs) Now, specify, do we want it to be very insensitive to the French language or just like a really shit, not really trying accent? Second one. Second one. Louis, I think it's the role you were born to play, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Louis, do you want to do it sitting or do you want to do it standing so you can really sort of act? I think we'll do it sitting. Very good. I don't know. I'm I'm just going to move that jar so it's not literally directly below my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So if I fall, I break it. And uh, I'm like a shocking video I saw in university that I'm not going to discuss because I can see it right now in my eyes. Do you guys remember that brief time with the internet where there was just a lot of horrific videos and your friends would put them on for you and be like, hey, check this out. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be your friend anymore. (laughs) Two girls, one cup was the great, it was the worst thing I've ever had. Those poor, I literally want to find them and just wrap them in a blanket and go, it's going to be fine. Everyone is, my mom saw Two Girls, One Cup because it was on the news and she was like, well, you have to be on, she's a professor, so she's like, you gotta relate to the students. And I was like, mom, I can't live in a world where I know that you've watched Two Girls, One Cup (laughs) and didn't immediately gouge out your eyes and seek therapy. Back to you, Lewis. Okay, so Into the microphone, my love. Fuck
1: you, Christopher Columbus. And you too, Christopher Robin. And while we're at it, fuck
0: you, Christopher Reeve. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I gotta say, I've never seen title match delivery more perfectly <laughs> in my entire life. So it's fuck you, Christopher Columbus, Christopher Reeve, and Christopher Robin. That's, Robin. That's, That's how, My girlfriend wrote all of these, and she said, how easy do you want it to be? And I was like, well, make them funny. And by that, she means I'm going to make them funny for me, and then you're going to have to try and make Christopher Reeve sound funny in a fuck you manner. Let me say this about Christopher Reeve's. He played Superman. I love comic books. I'm a big comic book nerd. And I'm one of those horrible comic book nerds where I don't like that they're movies. I liked that they were were just for us. They, they're not for everyone. You guys don't get them. If you're not going to commit an ungodly amount of money and go deal with people like Duncan on a, on a <laughs> weekly basis who have passion but are also just like, get out. No, I'm here to give you money. I don't like that it's not folded. Fuck off. Like that's, I love that experience. I love going in and you're getting in week to week and it's always the same and people die and then they're like, oh, who's this Gwen Stacy? Why is Spider-Man a clone named Be-? In the mid '90s, Marvel was uh, next to bankruptcy, which they are now never will be because they are a fucking gargantuan movie studio. But they tried to reinvent all their characters, and what they did was Spider-Man is what is Spider-Man's real name? Peter Parker. Parker. You all know it as Peter Parker. Some of you have never heard of Spider-Man. Could give up, Jeff? You could give a fuck about Spider-Man, right? (laughs) Don't like him at all. You like your kind? Never seen it. Simpsons fuck yeah okay imagine in the Simpsons one day they just decided oh Bart Simpson isn't actually a Simpson he is part of the Muntz family and a guy named Ben is Bart and we're all supposed to believe that imagine they did that do you feel your anger uh, you're, you're an older British man so your anger is just I don't care for that <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck yeah <laughs> Jeff what do you do for a living nothing nothing are you are you retired or you're just a swinging bachelor? It'd be weird if you had a wife and were a swinging bachelor. You're retired. And what did you do? A pray. You taught. Taught maths. Favorite number. 0. Ooh. What an answer. So nihilistic and also shows that you definitely taught maths are like it's so diverse. Without one, we would not have. Without zero, we would not have one binary joke. (laughs) Just for Jeff, the rest of you are going fuck off. (laughs) Um, But I'm like that. I don't like. I don't like. And so, and I liked all of that. I don't like that they were taken from us. Because I remember being a kid, and I this Superman was the first comic book I read because Superman is really good for kids. Because literally every issue is there's a disaster, and then Superman flies in, and this week he has this power that can stop it and then he does and then he has some witty banter with Jimmy Olsen in the newsroom and then that's it and it was great and then I saw the first Superman movie and it sucks, it doesn't make any sense listen, you're a man of science, correct Jeff? very good what would happen if an alien being flew the opposite way around the earth would we go back in time? I love more than anything that he considered that and went through the science briefly in his head. <laughs> that, that's exactly, what you would make a fucking killer comic book nerd, Jeff, just reading the edition where the green goblin snaps Gwen Stacy's neck because of the, uh, the spider webbing, which obviously wouldn't happen because of the physics of the whole thing, it would've snapped her spine, but obviously it's the comic books that they go with the neck because it's more dramatic, am I right, guys? <laughs> Phoebe, can I borrow your blog handle? I think I have a post, a brewing, now. <laughs> And, uh, and so one of those things, and that movie, it just bummed me out and made me so upset. Then the Batman movie came out, which was Tim Burton. It was Michael Keaton. And the problem with that is Batman's this small, never, it's all of those things. Just, I don't like fiction being adapted. I like the things that we like. Will, you're a writer and stuff like that. What if they adapted seven, I'm sorry, what is it called? Seven Supergirls? Seven Supergirls, and they turned it into an action movie, and it doesn't even involve YouTube whatsoever, and they took the pillow man, and for some reason Bruce Willis just has a pillow sack on his head. I don't know what a pillow sack is, by the, the way. Pardon me? It, it would look the same. I don't like that I somehow guessed how that play went.
1: No, Bruce Willis with a pillow on his head would
0: look the same as Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, wow, you really did win that argument, didn't you? <laughs> Bruce Willis just could really fuck off. I loved him. And in... Do you like Die Hard, sir? Favorite action movie? Um, I don't know. Favorite genre of movie? Uh, quite like psychological thrillers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never wanted to relax and watch a panic room. I've got a weird girlfriend. <laughs> don't fucking throw it on her, brother. That's fucking cold blooded. You're allowed to like what you like. I'm not judging you for liking what you like. We're just different people. If I want to relax, I literally watch old pro wrestling. I watch men in the 80s wearing bathing suits hug each other while someone from Oklahoma goes, good God, good God. I'm not judging you. If anything, you are intellectually superior to me because you're watching something heady like Harrison Ford in a bathtub. Uh, You watch most psychological thrillers. Every third one, Harrison Ford's in it. Someone's drowned in a bathtub and he like smells the water, right? (laughs) Exactly right. It's a weird thing. Favorite psychological thriller? I quite like Shutter Island. Really? That movie really scared the shit out of me because I took, uh, I, watched it, really, I watched it in 2015, and that year I'd come to the Edinburgh Festival and I uh, took a bunch of magic mushrooms. Now, Jeff, let me explain. You don't seem like a drug guy. <laughs> You're not. Now, magic mushrooms have psychoactive abilities, so they make you actively hallucinate. And if you take too many that are too powerful, you can kind of trigger what they colloquially refer to as a psychotic break. So, what happened was, I took way too many mushrooms too quickly, and I thought aliens were real, And all my friends were an Alien Hallucination. And I was in a prank show at the end of which I was going to die. So I tried to fight them. Luckily, when you're on Mushrooms your motor skills are much slowed, so to go to punch someone is like a long ordeal so they could dodge it pretty quickly. Unfortunately, they were also on mushrooms seeing angels beckoning them to the top of Arthur's seat. It didn't end as tragically as it sounds like it did, but my friend Evan said, while well, I was at the base of Arthur's seat, I closed my eyes and then I was just at the top on the edge thinking I could fly and then I laid down and peed myself. So, <laughs> I stayed at the base, I threw my uh, phone into the woods because I thought it was an alien tracking device. Fun fact, by the way, about iPhones, even if you have Apple Care, if you throw it in the woods and can't find it, they don't give you a new one. (laughs) Genuinely was very upset. I thought it was in the terms and conditions because I had the confidence of a man who had survived a mushroom trip that I walked in the next day still covered in mud and said, could I have a new phone? I took a lot of magic mushrooms and threw it in the woods. And the guy still wrote out a report and went in the back to check with his supervisor if that was allowed. It is not allowed. A, um, it was a yeah, it was a long ordeal, but afterwards I sort of had about a three-month sort of period Where because I had had that experience and although it was a hallucination you still have the memory of it So you have to remind yourself that's not real That was a really active drug trip calm down And so then that's when I watched Shutter Island and there's an aspect of Shutter Island where what is real <coughs> turns out not to be real And when you're already having those thoughts because you took too much Psychoactive drugs it goes from a fun film by Martin Scorsese to like this is a documentary about my life I now am also afraid of water. <laughs> um, here's the problem with Shutter Island for me. I find Leonardo DiCaprio, he smells in every scene, and that bugs the shit out of me. Have you guys noticed that you watch a Leonardo DiCaprio film? Before he speaks, every time before he speaks, he takes this long whiff of the air. Every time. It's most noticeable in uh, Django Unchained, where he's giving that big speech on the lawn table. not—you not, you know It's fucking annoying as fuck. Yeah, every time he speaks, before every line, he just goes... <laughs> And it's just like, brother, you're in the, the you're in Mississippi, like cocaine is not a drug that was sniffed at that time. There's no explanation for this, although he does really act sell it for me because he he smashed his hand on the glass and he kept acting with it, so it looks really cool and menacing, but the first time you see it, it's very distracting because his hand's bleeding for no reason, and all I thought was the, the film was broken, and I wanted my money back. I'm very frugal. He wiped his blood on Kerry Washington as well. Did he really? You know what? If I was Kerry Washington, I would not be the most pleased. Because I don't know a lot about Leonardo DiCaprio, but he does strike me as the kind of guy who goes no domes when you should go domes. I know it's a bit of a family crowd, and that's not necessarily a joke I should have made, but it's just an honest opinion. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, he has to have a vitamin-infused shower placed in any hotel room he stays in, which I didn't even... You're a man of science, correct, Jeff? <laughs> Very, math is a science.
1: Yeah, it's not a very useful one. (laughs) How so? (laughs) I've talked myself into a problem now, haven't I? Um, Solve
0: it. (laughs) Make sure to show your work, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because it is abstract, um, and uh, nobody really uses it.
0: Oh, you're talking about like the actual highfalutin, super high super high-level math. Because I've heard this spoken of before. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but math at a certain point goes from like divide for five to it's a particle worth nothing, or is it? Who knows? <laughs> like, it's you're talking about like the Goodwill Hunting problems on a blackboard. You're just have you ever seen a janitor try to? I did, a, I did a project
1: once. I did a project once where it was involved drawing numbers on the vertices of triangles on oranges with as many handles as you want.
0: You lost me, I think, it oranges. Exactly, it's I love your spirit of your life's work was like, guys, it was fucking useless. What's that, holiday? Let's do it. And you miss, you were Jeff's wife, I assume? And what are you employed as? Are you also a mathematics professor? Or do you some, I love if you do something really tangible, like you're a carpenter. You're a nurse, so yes, the carpenter of the body. <laughs> I have an utmost respect for nurses just because I've, I've ended up in the hospital a lot because I cycle and I fall down. Let me ask you this, how are doctors' coats so clean and yet nurses always look like they've saved 20 lives and a doctor looks like he just got up from a nap? I'm talking, if you ever guys been to an a and The nurse always looks like, um, you're gonna to need to calm down. I literally just had a knife fight with three gang members and I delivered a baby in a lift. Wasn't even in the hospital, all right, just chill out. And then you get to the doctor and it's just a man in a pressed Oxford shirt. Ooh, had a refreshing tea. What are we gonna do? Like, what? I have to be careful i answer that because my oldest daughter's a the doctor. <laughs> are you with the doctor? Oh, she's not fucking here, don't worry about it. Did you get very upset when she went through medical school? You're like traitor to the tribe, how dare you? You didn't say no. Did you notice she didn't say no? And what? And what do you do? I'm a teacher. You're a teacher. So you followed in your father's footsteps. It's very good. I like that knowing look of think Yeah, it's goddamn right. Are you also a maths teacher? I teach dance and maths. You teach dance and maths. How are you gonna put those hands together? Do you make the do you make the. I was going to make a really shit joke, and I'm not going to do it. I was like, do you dress them in oranges with as many handles as you like? When you say handles, by the way, and everyone else, they don't understand this, but I do, you don't mean that you actually put little handles on the oranges, right? Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you guys. When he said as many handles as you like for a second, I was like, why is he putting handles on the oranges? That is a Bachelor of Fine Arts specialization in theater from Concordia University. Um, I was never even allowed in the science department. Good, I thought that was going to get a laugh and you all just nodded going, yeah, we're aware. (laughs) You thought a scientific experiment involved a man with a maths degree gluing little handles on an orange with a trying, were you actually a teacher or were you just a kids performer that just lied his way (laughs) to a good salary? that's even frightening. <laughs> That's just something you did to relax. Honey, I'll be in the shed just gluing little handles onto various fruit. <laughs> Jeff, do not ruin the pears. I'm making a cake for Sunday lunch. <laughs> Too late, honey. They have little hats now. <laughs> oh, how adorable would that be? A pear wearing a hat? It already is the fruit of the nap. Listen, if fruits had personalities, the orange would clearly be the laissez-faire bachelor, the apple would be the boss, and the pear would be a man who is sleepy and very lazy, and the banana is the versatile one who does all the heavy lifting. Any arguments? Thank you very much. Cucumber? Clearly an asshole. Lettuce? I don't know why I I picture a sexy lady, well tomato, fiery angry communist. Why? Because tomatoes are involved in anything under the basis of society, much like socialism, which had its roots in communism. Although, in the end, if you just eat tomatoes, it's not really going to work out well for you. I don't know how I actually made that sound intellectual, but I'm very <laughs> impressed with myself. How are we doing for time? So, very good. Oh, my God. Jesus, we're almost done. Let's uh, talk Chris little, quickly. Thank you for that watch check. I really appreciate it. It was efficient. And What do you do? Do you work in the civil service? Because that is... a You're a student. What are you studying? Archaeology. Archaeology. Well, I thought architecture for a second, then I remember archaeology has nothing to do with numbers except for (laughs) dates. Is it true that when they found that skeleton, they were all on LSD, and that's why they called it Lucy? Um, Probably. Good answer. I don't know. Man, very academic audience, and I like all of your vibe, and then you're committing to no answer, but just letting me believe what I like. Yes, maybe, probably not. Good night. Christopher Robin is, of course, the human character in Winnie the Pooh, correct? I'm remembering that correctly. Here's the thing is, Winnie the Pooh used to scare the shit out of me as a child. Did you guys all love Winnie the Pooh as a kid? It, yeah? yeah? Really? It was terrifying. Because a bear gets stuck in a hole and his pig friend, why would they be friends? A bear and a pig would not be friends. A pig would be eaten by the bear. That owl would be murdered. That can- why is there a kangaroo in the woods in Britain? <laughs> I don't like that none of you have thought through the logic of any of this. All toys. Are they? Yeah. Then why are they talking? Because A.A. A. A. Milne is writing a story for his, for his son. Christopher Robin was his son.
1: And he's got all these toys, and so A.A. Milne is like doing the story for
0: him. I like how you both combined both the, the fictitious world and the real world that just really didn't leave me any leg to stand on whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, because it's a story and it's fake. <laughs> Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. What is your name, brother? Richard. Richard. Very good. And Richard, what do you do?
1: I'm a student.
0: And you do? Chemistry
1: and biology. Oh my
0: God. What a murderer's row of people that are definitely (laughs) going to be very useful in the coming apocalypse. You'll be putting handles on all sorts of things. (laughs) You'll be digging a hole. I'll be dead because they don't need comedians during a revolution. Yeah, you never noticed during the Russian Revolution that like Tolstoy or uh, like Trotsky was like, "All right, we need a break. Someone make Stalin laugh." You know what I mean? Like that never happened. It's a joke. I've been trying to get off the ground for about three years. Never works. Everyone just goes, "No, it was not a funny time." Yes, but understand. <laughs> I do. I, I, I do think like is revolution necessary for the current times? I don't. I don't think we're, we're not a revolution, my generation's not a revolution generation. We're much more of a comment quietly, and then when the revolution happens, be disconcerted by people's fashion choices. Like that's what I seem like what we are. And I kind of dig it. I think it's a very interesting time. I think that history will not be kind, but also will be kind to this period of time because as much as we are divided, I think there's a lot of social progress that is slowly being made. I think that things like Brexit and things like Trump are very interesting because it's also causing, you know, younger generations than mine to be aware. My brother is 14, And he's passionate about politics in a way that I never was because he's an American citizen. So he actually is seeing uh, someone's election in America affecting his life. The idea that as an American citizen living in Canada, he may not have the rights that were part of his birth. And it's a very, very interesting time. And uh, it's not a very particularly funny thing to say, but um, that brings me to Christopher Columbus. (laughs) oh you didn't think I was gonna get there I fucking got there if I was able to make that fruit and veg thing sound logical fucking Christopher Columbus before we get into Christopher Columbus I just want to remind you it's free to get in it's pay what you want to get out suggested donation of ten pounds if you don't have ten pounds five pounds if you don't have five pounds you're a cheapskate now um, Christopher Columbus Christopher Columbus is the most interesting sort of legacy and that's really you guys are all familiar with Christopher Columbus yes basically in the rest of the world, historically, he was just, he was, a, he was a merchant trader, basically a pirate, but he worked for the court and he went over. In America, are you American or Canadian, Miss? American. And America, and America is not cut up to that part of history. They literally, like, they literally treat him as like, this noble man in Spain woke up one morning and he's like, we need a place where you can buy anything. It'll be called a Walmart. There's not enough real estate here in Spain. Get me some boats. Like, it's a very interesting sort of side play. And I just know this because I have a lot of friends that are American, and the history that's taught in Canada about Christopher Columbus is very different than the history that's taught uh, in America. And Canada has the same thing. We have someone named John Cabot. Not even his name. Never lived his life as John Cabot. The English changed it in, like, 1900 to John Cabot. His name was Giovanni Cabati, And he was literally a pirate that Spanish people found in the middle of the ocean were like, hey, listen, uh, the English found him like do us a favor the French have taken this part of the new world above our settlement if you go over there and just say it was yours from the beginning we'll give you some gold and he was like Oh, you got it I don't know if that was his actual accent and he sailed over and he took part of it and then the English classic English move went actually you don't get any gold and he was like what and then they killed him and then changed his name to John Cabot and it's why I find history fascinating in the same way math at some base at some parts, very useful. At other parts, it just becomes intellectual nonsense that you just say to each other while gluing handles onto various household objects. Only in your head. Only in your head. That's the scariest part. When you say handles, and let's end on that, and then I'll stand back there, and if you can't give money in the bucket, take a flyer from my other show and come see that. It's completely scripted and beautiful and very funny, and there's very few fruit-based metaphors for life. <laughs> Thank you, this side of the room, for laughing. You guys are done with my Falderall and I appreciate it. Duncan, I am going to need the name of your bar when you leave. When you say handles being placed on oranges, what did you mean?
1: You need, um, like, a handle on a cup.
0: So I wasn't that fucking far off. No.
1: No. So it's, it's a handle on the cup, so you can get a line to go across it without crossing itself.
0: Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> I, it was sort of like you know. Has anyone ever tried to explain to you the end of Inception? That was what that was like. So, it win you friends, it? Jeff, you are my best friend. I'm coming around for tea next time I'm in Chorley, and I want to see the little handles that live in your head. And 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 you you miss what is your name? Romina. Romina. How often did your father Jeff talk to you about the little handles that live in your head? You've tried to block it out? You were just like, doing a pirouette while solving for X, and he marched into the dance studio that I assumed you have in your ha- house for the context of this, and just started talking about placing little handles? Full of oranges. The dance studio? Your house must be weird and very bad smelling. Um, of your two parents who had crazier stories when they came home from work, I like that there was a competition, as if like you guys let it loose at the math department, <laughs> just got, drank a bunch of whiskey and solved for y instead of x, you badass motherfuckers. <laughs> honey, honey, we've gotten we've gotten leather jackets placed on, and it has if we've solved for pi to the forty-fifth solution, but there is an error. Can you detect it? <laughs> Did you ever do that, Jeff? No, but we've seen it in Faro, in Portugal. <laughs> what do you mean by that?
1: <laughs> hey, I've got- pie written on the pavement in Portugal, in Faro, in Portugal, and one digit is missing, and you have to work out what it is.
0: Get the fuck out of here! I would be very bad at that. I would get. Have you figured it out yet? Is that your new Is that your new handle onto oranges? Ma'am, I have to ask you: Are you sick and tired of going to Faro in Portugal, (laughs) so your husband can stare at a at some pavement and go three, five? fucking great point can't you just take a photo of it where's the challenge in that where is the challenge in that a man who likes shutter island could you just take a photo of that island to solve that mysterious woman's murder no (coughs) good play Jeff Uh, and miss one final question what is the weirdest injury you've ever seen I will give you the weirdest injury I ever had I one time was on a toboggan and I went off a jump that I didn't know was a jump and I landed on a fence and I thought I was fine and then the next morning I woke up with such a massive hematoma I couldn't walk and I thought it was a spinal injury and I called the hospital and they diagnosed it over the phone as a hematoma. Not funny, but again, just a story from my life. I really appreciate you guys have a beautiful judgmental air where you're like, (laughs) we're still with you, but we don't know why you told us that. Well, not quite an injury. Oh, here we fucking go. By the way, if you're ever at a social engagement, if there is a nurse there, that's the question to ask, and then sit down, you are gonna hear some shit. Literally. Now. A lady that came in... Here we go. Age, approximately? Older, younger? Oh, no. See, I was picturing like a 20-year-old sort of lady. Oh, early 50s. Very good.
1: Who had a baby, but she didn't even know she was pregnant.
0: Get the fuck out of here! Like how recently after she came in did she have the baby or was like there was a hand coming out and you shook its hand and was like I have some good news for you it was a bit like that get the fuck out of town the husband bought champagne for everybody well I think that's probably why she didn't know she had a baby if the husband has champagne at the ready at any time that was just after no I know I just I was exaggerating that for the purposes of comedic effects but I gotta say you are a credit to the NHS and that you did that classic medical no that's not what happened here's what happened (laughs) it was brilliant ladies and gentlemen this has been anything can be a podcast podcast you've been an audience my name is John Hastings I'll see you at the back thank you very much goodbye